What's up, everyone? Good evening, afternoon, morning, whatever time of day it is where you is. Just when I thought I, I ran out of stuff to talk about, you know, the Vince McMahon thing is still going on. Uh, we've got the biggest wrestling event, well... Yeah, the biggest wrestling event of the summer this weekend, actually two, the uh, WWE Summer Slam, and then uh, you have Ric Flair's retirement match coming up uh, on Sunday. So you've got the biggest WWE event, uh, and then Flair's final match, which is this honestly, folk, folk, folks, uh, if you're a wrestling fan, wrestling fan, or if you're not, uh, this is a, a rather sad stage for a person to be at in life, um, you know, Ric Flair, 73 years old, bless his heart. Uh, he almost died a couple years ago. Just from the wear and tear he's put on his body. And, you know, um, <clears throat> pardon me. Wear and tear it, it means many different things. You can say what you want to about wrestling. I've been in wrestling rings, and it's not a trampoline. I don't. I'm not going to debate the sport versus sports entertainment with you. The guys work, and the girls now. They used to work 350 days a year. Uh, that's a lot on your body. Uh, and of course, Rick partied a lot, uh, I mean, was an alcoholic, uh, so, he, anyways, that, that's what, you know, he almost died from that, and frankly, what, he was, what, seven, 68, 69, between, somewhere between 69 and 73, when he almost, uh, bought the farm. And they just frankly said his body was shutting down from years and years of abuse. Um, Self-inflicted through alcohol and the travel demand of the wrestling business. Uh, the Vince McMahon thing, I found an interesting post from Billy Graham. Now, there are two Billy Grahams in the world. <laughs> and I thought the wrong one when I first saw this. Um, there's superstar Billy Graham, the largest arms in the world, the arm wrestling champion. He's not the arm wrestling champion of the world. Uh, and he didn't have, I don't know if he had the largest arms in the world, but that's what superstar Billy Graham used to tell people. And, uh, you know, I got, I was born towards the end of the superstar's peak of his career. Uh, 
I, I can't tell you when I start watching wrestling because it was so early in my life. But anyhow. Superstar Billy Graham, the wrestler. I read this and I thought, wow, Billy Graham the preacher? Uh, of course he's passed away. But whoever runs his Facebook is posting things about Vince McMahon. And I was thinking to myself, oh no, it must be Franklin Graham, Billy Graham's son. I must have just saw the Graham part and thought of uh, Pastor Billy Graham. Well, no, it was actually the wrestler superstar Billy Graham. On Facebook, uh, he's just Billy Graham. And he is actually uh, a pastor uh, and big uh, Christian guy. Uh, his post was 21 hours ago. It starts out regret dot 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 betrayed by 30 pieces of silver. Fans in this photo of Vince, meaning Vince McMahon, in this photo of Vince sitting there slightly slumped over, I see a photo of a man who looks like he has regret inscribed all over his face why is he looking so regretful i believe that vince is regretful that he got caught that's an interesting choice of words not regretful because he did things that harmed other people regretful he got caught big difference not that he participated in the act of adultery but rather the story somehow leaked and it became mainstream media news and has created total chaos at the WWE international company in Stanford Connecticut I wasn't surprised to read about how many fans have nothing but pure hatred for Vince and then some fans who want to or some fans want to pray for Vince. Like my close friend Andrew DeCasio responded, or DeCasio's response, which was, In my humble opinion, I do not think he is as troubled as one might think. Ah, wise man, my dear friend Andrew is. Another fan asked about his wife, Linda. Sweet lady, but they have lived separately for about two or three years now. So I do see Mr. McMahon working his way back into the WWE. It will just be a matter of time. In the other photo, you see an excellent painting done in 1880 titled Judas Regret. After betraying Christ with a kiss, he is seen here much like Vince. The body language tells it all. Both men are regretful, Judas for betraying Christ and Vince for betraying himself. Catch you all in a few days. And oh yes, Ric Flair has his final match this coming Sunday. Sad that he has to hide in a six-man tag for 
his retirement match. I hope he doesn't get hurt and also hoping to see some photos or even some video of this 73-year-old marvel of a wrestler and his career. Any of you good fans out there, score some photos or videos of this historic match. Post them on my FB and we can discuss the circus act on Sunday evening. Peace, dot, 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 superstar Billy Graham. It was at that point I realized this wasn't a post by the pastor, Billy Graham. But uh, I, I find that very interesting, uh, his take on things. Vince is not sad that he got, uh, he, not sad that he committed adultery, not sad that he uh, may have hurt other people's feelings or lives uh, in the process of this but sad that he got caught, or regretful that he got caught. So, there's a little Vinnie Mac update from the superstar Billy Graham. Largest arms in the world. The arm wrestling champion of the world. Turned kung fu master of... And, uh, Billy, that, that, we didn't buy that. <laughs> Alright, so I'm going to... Briggity break since I got off on that little tirade uh, and wasn't planning on it. Talk about John Stork going off uh, about military burn pits, and then uh, Joe Manchin sold us out. Bach in a moment. Maybe. All right, I'm going to try to move through my little musical interludes quicker. Um, and, you know, the funny thing was, when Billy Graham was coming up, he actually stole his gimmick name from the pastor, Billy Graham, who was the big, big enchilada at the time, and the movie Jesus Christ Superstar, which was uh, the big Christian musical movie at the time. So, pretty interesting. He combined the two, and someone said, you're crazy. You're going to get, that's never going to go over. No, it did. One of the biggest legends in professional wrestling. And the, the uh, inspiration for Hulk Hogan. So, comedian John Stewart erupts after Republicans vote against military burn pits bill. John Stewart was a pretty awesome satirical comic. Uh, and the, the late show on Comedy Central was really good when he was in charge. Now it sucks. But John Stewart was in an era when you could be politically incorrect, critical of the government, no matter who was in charge, and not get canceled. Uh, anyways, comedian John Stewart, an outspoken advocate for military veterans, erupted in anger Thursday 
after U.S. Senate Republicans blocked a bill to provide health care for veterans exposed to toxic burn pits while serving abroad. I'm used to the lies. I'm used to the hypocrisy. I'm used to the cowardice. I'm used to all of it, but I am not used to the cruelty, Stewart told reporters outside the Senate during a news conference uh, called by the bill's advocates. Now, I don't know the details of the bill. But let's let's read on. And that's not really super important. John Stewart, a lot of conservatives don't like him. I don't mind him. I don't mind people that tell me what I don't want to hear. And I really was inspired by John Stewart a couple times, believe believe it or not. Uh, first of all, after 9-11, he was on uh, The Daily Show in tears. Uh, he said that the view from his New York apartment used to be the Twin Towers and now they're gone. He said, but now the view from my apartment is the Statue of Liberty. And, you know, that statue is what America is really all about. The, the And that statue part is my opinion. And I think that's the same opinion of Jon Stewart. So whether he's telling me what I want to hear or not, Jon Stewart uh, is a good comic. He um, was on, what, Weekend Update on Saturday Night Live before The Daily Show? I don't think. Uh, who fucking cares? Uh, he's a good comic. He's a good guy. He stands up for veterans. The other time John Stewart uh, inspired me was uh, the final uh, vote. The I, I don't know when it was the the tenth or twentieth anniversary of the September eleventh attacks. Uh, the first responders, firemen, policemen, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, uh, who were at Ground Zero in New York have all come down with severe illnesses. Uh, those towers were built in the 70s when uh, fun things like asbestos were common in construction material. The flame retardant coating coating that the uh, people who built the building did not apply properly to the steel girders which caused them to weaken, not melt but bend ultimately causing the towers collapse um, that was a cancer causing agent uh, and there are many diseases that those first responders are crippled by to this day. Uh, and many have died from mysterious cancer, uh, mysterious neurological illnesses, all kind of nasty shit. And it all can be traced back to uh, the chemicals and the, 
the the uh, dust that was in the air on 9-11. And the federal government put up fucking, I don't even know what they did. They did a hee-haw job, but they put up these contraptions on uh, telephone poles. They were supposed to collect par air particles and Oh yeah, the air's safe to breathe. Go for it. Go, go fuck around down there in our pile of rubble. Well, then we found out very quickly it wasn't safe. And thank goodness for people like John Stewart, uh, Dennis Leary, uh, other Hollywood uh, elites that got behind the firemen and pushed the government to give. I think it's like a 93 year or something, it, hundreds of year year long benefit to these firemen that were at ground zero or policemen too, first responders include everyone. Uh, they gave them government benefits for the illnesses that they contracted that day. And the bill will not expire until the last fireman who, or pardon me, last first responder from ground zero dies. That's an impressive damn bill. Uh, and John Stewart was give, gave a passionate speech to a committee in Congress about that bill and talked about, you know, the empty chairs you see at these house committee meetings uh house of representatives so i was inspired by john stewart that day too um I, I really think you know he showed up and showed out for those first responders who are dying to this day for the uh heroism they showed on 9 11 2001 so uh, I'm, I'm not going to read from this bill, uh, but those of you that don't know what a burn pit is, on military bases, they burn hard drives, papers, secrets they don't want to get out, uh, toxic waste that they don't want out there in the public because they don't want you to know what's going on at the base so evidently there was a bill to give people those uh, at those burn pits the same benefits kind of like the 9-11 first responders uh, <clears throat> says here Republicans haven't met a war they won't sign up for and they haven't met a veteran they won't screw over Stewart said I don't think that's true I think Republicans have done a lot for veterans Trump cleaned up the VA the Veterans Administration that was uh, letting our veterans down um, Republicans are not for the war in Ukraine at least we aren't on a a party platform level, uh, a broad consensus, but you know things are changing. John Stewart will catch on eventually. The whole government screwed up. 
The military burn pit bill. I just said I wasn't going to read any more from this article. Guess I am. The burn pit bill initially passed the 100-member Senate with support of 34 Republicans and 50 Democrats would expand access to health services and disability benefits for veterans who were exposed to toxic smoke from the U.S. military's use of burn pits to dispose of waste on foreign bases in the mid-2010s. So, yeah, uh, if it was just in, these bases were in the United States, they'd probably just dump this stuff in some you know, creek or river somewhere, and eh, screw it. <laughs> but because they were in a foreign country, they had to uh, burn this hazardous material on the base. Uh, and I think this is what uh, one of these burn pits uh, are what Joe Biden attributes his son Bo Biden's cancer to. So let's get over here and see what deal. Chuck Schumer and uh, Joe Manchin reached. Uh, it's going to be a much lighter, watered-down package than what was initially proposed by Democrats. Uh, thanks to Joe Manchin. So let's see what he got out of it. So, politico.com. Here's what to know about the Manchin-Schumer tax deal. Democrats may be shocked by the last-minute tax deal announced Wednesday, Wednesday by Joe Manchin and Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, but it is nevertheless a far cry from the sprawling slate of tax increases they had once hoped to approve. Well, thank goodness, the last thing you do when you're knocking on the door of a depression is frickin' raise taxes, you dunces, you dunskies. Uh, and, and believe me, we're in recession. Uh, I always read and heard that two quarters of negative growth is a recession. Uh, maybe it's three quarters. I don't know. I always thought it was two. We've already hit that point in the Biden administration. Furthermore, I have never seen so many people out on the street corners begging for change in my life. And I'm not just talking about inner cities. And I'm not talking about your stereotypical homeless people in raggedy clothing that ain't look like they've bathed in a while. Some of these people look like they're newly homeless. Newly impoverished. Whatever the hell you want to call it. New to the new to being po. And, uh, you know, I stop and give them change. You know, some people say, well, you know, they just want to go out and beg while they scrape by on some government program and then their begging money is their spending money. You know, I don't know that. I can't judge people, but I think if you're 
low enough on the financial scale, desperate enough to stand out there on a corner with a little cardboard sign. And yeah, I know they're a con artist, but I can't judge someone's heart. I'd rather give a dollar to the con artist as well as to the uh, actual person in need than snub someone who's really in need. Who am I to judge? But anyways, we're on the the edge of a fucking 1929, people. I'm scared. I'm scared. What's going to happen when the government runs out of other people's money to steal? I mean, spend. Tax and spend. Or steal. Same thing. Gone are ambitious proposals to begin taxing the unrealized capital gains of the uber-rich or at least hit them with new surtaxes. Well, good. It's the uber-rich that employ the rest of us, you dingbats. Democrats don't get it. A poor person has never hired anyone. Okay? Maybe they hire a kid to mow their grass or something. But in general, uh, somebody working class, middle class, we don't hire people. We are the uh, employed (laughs) by the rich. We are employed by the rich. You know, we all have the dreams of grandeur. We all sometimes aspire to those dreams and chase those dreams. But in the process, we're usually employed by someone who's already chased the dream, built a company, sacrificed, invested, and is now reaping the rewards of their hard work, investment, and sacrifice. That is not to be punished. That is to be rewarded. And it's proven over and over again when you reward the uber-rich as Politico says, they will invest that savings back into their companies, in technology, in employees, infrastructure, which would be technology too. They will put that money into their company and create more jobs. Yeah, they'll spend some of it on luxury yachts, but that's just them rewarding themselves for the year years of hard work and sacrifice. And just like I said about the the homeless, it's not my job to judge who's really poor and who's a con artist, who's really got a starving baby with no diapers, and who's just bullshitting me. It's not the government's job to judge who's a good or bad person and then tax somebody who they deem as a bad person because they're rich. And that's what the Democrats are doing. And Joe Manchin, a guy from a, a you know middle class to lower class state, a very classy state as far as the quality of human beings and their hearts and their work ethics. But I mean, they're not a wealthy state. It's a working class people. He's putting the brakes on this because he gets it. He knows that these super rich people are keeping the people in his state employed. Tax increases on big corporations needed to bring 
<laughs> needed to bring the U.S. in compliance with a global tax deal. Fuck the globe. Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum <laughs> do not run the United States. Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum do not run these United States. We, the people, run these United States under the rule of law written into the Constitution, Klaus Schwab, and your great reset. <laughs> no, thanks, Joe Manchin. You caved, but you 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 fought off the evil villains till another day. Politico has another hit piece up on Senator Senator Et Kristen Cinema. Cinema stresses Dems as they race to pass Mansion Blessed deal. They might have to uh, they might have to litigate their climate and tax and health care agreement against Republicans in real time and Arizona centrist or and the Arizona centrist hasn't weighed in yet talking of Kristen Cinema. Uh, almost every Senate Democrat is locked, is locking arms on their $700 billion plus climate tax and health care bill past the chamber's strict rules for avoiding filibuster. Kristen Cinema is still a question mark. Good. This is called gridlock. This is called debate. This is what our government is supposed to be about. There's supposed to be committee hearings, amendment, changes, compromise. No, the Democrats want to rule by authoritarian. Pardon me. Authoritarian lockstep, the way Nancy Pelosi rules over the House of Representatives, and the Senate being a little bit different of a chamber. They have different rules. One senator can throw the monkey wrench in everything if they want to, as Joe Manchin and as Kristen Cinema do at times. And that sparks compromise. It goes from these, look, we're talking $700 billion. We've sent billions and billions to Ukraine. We've spent trillions on fake COVID relief packages on infrastructure packages that barely have any infrastructure to them. All in the name of uh, just spending fucking money. And then we'll, say, oh, we'll just print some more money. Oh, our currency is being devalued. Oh, we'll just print a trillion dollar platinum coin to solidify the United States currency. Horseshit. The more of our money they spend, and the more they print out, 
literally on a printing press in what you know, in several places around the nation they just print currency over currency and that devalues our currency makes it worth less when you go to the store that creates inflation that's why every time you go to the store every time you go to disgusting freaking McDonald's the price has gone up dude I remember when you could buy like half of the Taco Bell menu for 10 bucks now <coughs> one of their shitty combo meals pardon me why I gulp some water one of their shitty combo meals with like a burrito and a taco and a drink is 10 bucks what the heck Taco Bell you start using real meat suddenly you think you can jack the price through the roof no it's the cost of ground beef is going up and up and up and obviously they go through a lot of ground beef at Taco Bell or something similar to it uh, but crying out loud 10 bucks for a combo meal at McDonald's and Taco Bell it's it's ridiculous now, I did notice something interesting the other day at McDonald's, uh, at least locally where I am. Some of the prices did come down, and it's probably because they've been losing business. There's a, a McDonald's, 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 whatever, uh, near where I live. Well, there, uh, there's one like on every corner, but uh, they used to like block the street. Used to be blocked at times with the line at the drive through window it's not like that anymore and I mean you're talking like a good part of the day you know the breakfast lunch and dinner time rush all three you know three hours out of the day the line would be out into the street and people would be getting pissy trying to get around well I would be getting pissy trying to get around the freaking McDonald's line to get to my cigar store but you don't see that now that's a sign of declining business that's a visual sign I can put in place and say the economy is slowing to a crash when McDonald's has raised the price so much they've outpriced their customers and it didn't take much because you don't want to pay very much for a McDonald's meal. You know, if I'm going to pay, and I know some people are going to think, oh, this is so cheap. It depends on where you live and what you're accustomed to. If I'm going to pay more than $10 for a meal, I'm going to sit down at a restaurant, have someone bring my food to my table, and I'm going to tip them 5 bucks. you know. On top of the cost of the meal. And I'm going to tell you something. There are some very, you know, I live in a really rural place. Things are rather affordable. Those same meals, they're now $10, $12 or more. A year ago or two years ago were eight or ten bucks. There's still a nice little restaurant where you can get a good breakfast bacon eggs sausages and toast for I think like eight seven eight dollars and seventy five cents and this lady hooks you up 
she she don't hold back on the portions, man. Uh, and judge me if you will, you know, bacon and eggs are a good staple of a, a solid diet and wheat toast. It's not a bunch of sugary corn syrupy shit. But the thing is, back to this article and back to this Newt Gingrich book I've been reading. The Founding Fathers put catches into our system. They put uh, safety nets where you know one senator can throw a monkey wrench in the works, can throw the whole Senate into chaos by saying, I'm not going to vote for this, this bill. I'm going to go for the filibuster and things like that. Um, they wanted it to be that way so that there wouldn't be rule of dictatorial majorities. They did that so you would have people like Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema say, no, this isn't right. This is too much taxation when we're in a recession. And don't be lied to people They've literally now changed the definition of recession to fit the current narrative, to fit the Biden administration narrative. They changed the definition of woman, I shit you not, to fit the current narrative of less than 1% of the population that wants to be trans this and trans that and say that there's 69 different genders. Uh, it's ridiculous. But we've got to have gridlock in government. We've got to have debate. We've got to have amendments and compromises. Alright? God bless y'all. Pray for one another. I'll see you the next time on Panic Attack. Follow me on Getter and Twitter at the real underscore Big John. Like, share, and subscribe. All that fun stuff. Most importantly, pray for each other. God bless you all. Even Mr. Scrooge. Even Klaus Schwab. There we go. This one's for Joe Manchin. By God.